sometimes cultivation is seen in in two aspects or and uh, kinds of systems can evolve around that namely the samatha vipassana uh, concept which i think gets sometimes taken to extreme as if they're techniques when they're really they're more inclinations one is the inclination to steady to calm to soothe one is the inclination to investigate and generally you need to operate both of those and this is the called the function of chitta or accessing feeling chitta chitta is the feeling sense or we access it through the feeling sense on all kinds of subtle and obvious levels and panya is the wisdom sense so Chitta, so the liberation is called the liberation of chitta and the liberation of panya, liberation through chitta, liberation through panya. And the liberation through, you need both of those. Liberation in terms of chitta means that your mind or your heart or your sense of who you are, you know, however you want to put chitta, feels comfortable. It feels bright, it feels expanded, it feels abundant, it feels rich. It's a happy, pleasant abiding. An abiding that's uh, far superior and richer and more abundant than the the happiness of sense pleasure. So that's very important to recognize. It's it's not something wrong with sense pleasure, immoral about it, though it can be immoral, but just that it actually doesn't go very far. You know, you get a burst and it, so the next thing... Whereas the happiness of jitta is a steady, suffusive, steady glow. One is more like fireworks. Boom, boom, boom. Sense, pleasure. Flash, flash, flash. And the other is just a steady, warm glow. Look at it like that. Liberation through panya, wisdom, begins with the understanding of right view and cause and effect. What we do has effects. That's wisdom. So you start to select effects that you don't want to encourage, negative effects, uh, and negative actions that you don't want to encourage, impatience, hostility, uh, irritability, um, regret, indolence, sensuality, passion, you know, it's there. And so the, the triggers stimulate that, you want to pull back from those. And uh, a lot of this is mental, so you're also recognizing in your own mental, your own psychological world, there may be events and people and even aspects of yourself that you don't feel very happy about, if you're irritated by or disappointed by. So certainly part of our practice is acknowledging that, and how do we clear that? How do we clear the past? Now, all of these are... You know, all processes for fruition require both clearing the chitta, clearing the feeling sense, feeling how, clearing the restrictions of the chitta, uh, feeling sense. And I'll have to explain that because we don't necessarily know the chitta is restricted because when you live in it, it feels normal. It's like if you've only got one house and it's small, you don't know that it's small. <laughs> Till you go to an open space, you think, wow, I've been boxed up in this little bin, you know, this little box. And now there's all this space. 
Uh, now this is rather like jitta. You don't recognize it's constricted. If you, if you live in a constricted jitta most of the time, you don't know what it's like when it's unrestricted. So you think, well, I feel okay, I suppose, yeah, I'm getting by, life's good, you know, got some nice, good friends, ticking along okay. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, but that's it, really. It's not abundant. <laughs> you don't have anything to spare. And when, so in meditation, then we stay in that constricted state, not recognizing it so. And then we try to concentrate, which generally means constricting it even more. And generally the jitta starts to complain, rebel against that, because it's already half strangled, and now you're trying to compress it down a bit more to get calm, and it starts to... All these disagreeable thoughts and impressions come up, you feel meditation's hard work, and you're going to struggle with it, and uh, the mind is restless, and naturally you can't focus, so generally, as they say, with... um, you know, if brute force doesn't work, use more of it. Well, no, 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 actually, this is the wrong trajectory. So as I've been saying, don't concentrate, uh, absorb. And there's a difference there, jayati, to absorb, jhana, absorption. I just take, take a word like absorb. Now, it certainly means you're with what you're with, but it's a slightly different attitude, isn't it? You're soaking it up, you're not pressing in on it. And perhaps it also means that the organ of focusing is not, not your, your mind like an eye, which tries to hold things in a sharp focus. That's what the visual sense does. And naturally, our mind tends to operate in the same way because the eye, organ of the eye is the most dominant sense faculty of human beings in their daily life. We watch things a lot. We read, we watch screens, we look at each other, we watch what's going on. And the organ of the eye has its capacity to form focuses, clear, sharp focuses. And for that, the visual field has to limit itself to one particular object at a time, and then it flickers, it moves around. That is the normal state. And so the mind does exactly the same thing. Holds this thought, then that thought, then this thought, this feeling, this sensation, this plan, this worry, this happiness. It just jigs around. So you're trying to make that still. You might try to make that point still, sit it on one object. It takes a lot of force to do that, I suggest. Now, we don't have to use the mind like that. As I was saying yesterday evening, the mind like a hand. Use your mind like a hand. And you know, your your hand has two qualities to it. One is the finger, which points, probes, bony, hard structure, points, doesn't it? That's quite specific. And you have a palm, doesn't point. Palm just receives. The mind, like a hand, can do that. We call the pointing, we call vitaka. And the palm receiving, we call vichara. Feels like this. Feels like this. So we're using those qualities. And essentially, for chitta, to steady the chitta, you have to operate in terms of the chitta, in terms of how the chitta operates. Now the mano faculty, thought faculty, 
works in terms of object definition, sharp focus on particular objects, concepts, square root of four, the weight of this object. It gets those very good. It doesn't feel anything. It's not about feeling things. When you weigh a kilogram, you want to know whether it's six or seven kilograms. You don't want a kilogram is a good kilogram or a happy kilogram or a soft kilogram or a spiky kilogram. It doesn't matter. You want to know it's, just, it's five or six kilos. There's no such thing as a happy kilogram. Now, jitta doesn't work in terms of numbers. It works in terms of happy, unhappy, foggy, bright, uh, soft, hard, uh, uplifted, downcast, sinking, rising. That's its, that's its territory. That's his territory. Now you want to operate in terms, to, to steady the chitta. You have to operate in terms of the chitta. Now, you know, surely, yeah, certainly it's okay if you want to breathe in and out. One, two, three, four. Just, you know, to get there to do the vitaka. This one, this one, this one, this one. Vitaka alone is not enough. You also, how does this one feel? What is the feeling of this? What is the sense of this? Is it long? Is it sharp? Is it soft? Is it bright? Mm. How is it? How is the chitta responding to this? Is it feeling? Is, is it get it? You know, the chitta is, is a, a lot like a strange creature. And you find some little creature living in, the, in your garage. And you think, oh, this is a strange little animal. Um, what does it eat? So you put a bit of tomato down. Look, jitter. No, it doesn't eat that. Okay. How about a little bit of dog food? Put the dog food down. No, it doesn't eat that. So you check out. It's not picking it up, is it? <laughs> you can't get that dog food and ram it down its throat. <laughs> then you find something. Oh, what about putting down a saucer of milk with some honey in it? Oh, it likes that. Okay. <laughs> Give it more of that. So this is uh, the Buddha gave this simile of the wise cook who is serving the king. The stupid cook, every day he just gets his makes his rice, beans, and um, whatever else tofu, and he puts it down in front of the king. Here's your here's your dinner, Lord. Goes off. The king don't like rice, don't like tofu. So he just nibbles with it and pushes it to one side. The cook doesn't notice. Next day he serves up the same thing. <laughs> so he's got the idea that kings are supposed to eat this food. Because <laughs> some do. <laughs> so the other cooks told him, this is what you give kings, they like this, you know, because some perhaps do. But this one doesn't. So then the wise cook, he checks this out. He thinks, well, what about if I put a bit of few oranges in there? See what he does with that. He thinks, oh, look, he ate all those oranges. He likes oranges. What about if I put a bag of nuts in and see what happens with that? He likes those too. So the next day, more oranges, nuts, and so forth. So he checks out. What does the king enjoy? What does he pick up? Similarly, when we practice meditation, we have to inquire like that. What does your jitta pick up? What does it... And you notice it picks up because there's a sense of, aha, uh-huh. and there's a certain brightening interest in chanda. And you have to have this, otherwise you're working on willpower. You know, get it going. I want to get somewhere. I've 
really want to develop meditation, get it going. Well, yeah, you want to develop meditation, but you have to develop it not through indirect wisdom, but through direct wisdom, knowing how your citta is affected. And it may, in fact, change from time to time over the years. Now, when the citta is affected, it begins to steady and feel satisfied. When it steadies and feels satisfied, it, it settles and its energy picks up. There's an energy to that, to citta. It's a, you could say, very roughly speaking, it's our emotional energy. That's pretty rough. But it's in ordinary, in ordinary language, that's what you can recognize. When you feel alive with something, you're really keen on something, the jitter is rising. When you feel reluctant, your jitter is drawing back. When you feel depressed, your jitter is weighed down. So you could call it emotional energy, mental energy, something like that. It's not just the feeling, it's the energy. When the, we feel ourselves rising up with enthusiasm, that's not just pleasant, is it? That's not gratification, is it? Enthusiasm is a kind of willingness. Oh, yes, I want to do. Not, I want more to feed on, but I want to do. So that rising, chanda, it's called, interest, motivation, very uh, important thing, quality. Otherwise, we're just working on ideas and ideals. You don't really know what your citta rises to. Why we do puja, for example, is just a deliberate act of lifting the citta. Of course, you might not like pujas. You know, you look at the image of the Buddha, and you get the sense of living in harmony with others, and you get the sense of using your breathing, and there's something pleasant about it. There's a sense of joyfulness to it. So these are ways in which we work with the citta, and it's this very it's this sensitivity. Then it opens and it begins to receive more because now it's opened up. We're applying means, skillful means, to get the citta to come out of its contracted state into something quite open. And when it's open, it's actually less active. It's uh, refined, and it feels a quality of refinement and a quality of beauty. The contracted citta is always bouncing around because it's hungry and it's restless. It can't find anything to satisfy it. So it's bouncing around. And it's generally attuned to the sense pleasures because you do get a little bit of lift with that. You do get some sense of rising, even if it's only briefly. So it, that's where it goes because it needs that quality of, the, of uh, an arising buoyant energy and it gets a little taste of it perhaps in the first moment when we feel pleased with a taste or a sight or a sound that sense oh this is nice and then it sort of fades so then we get another thing now this is just nature nature of citta now liberation of citta then occurs through a twofold process of enhancing this inner quality the non-sensual, that which is not associated with external senses, accessing that, enriching that, so it begins to feel pleasant. And this also is supported by this withdrawal, pulling back, you know, resting back from sense gratification. Not from the senses themselves, but from the expectation and the reaching out through them. And we do this incrementally, you know, at least we're, you know, here we're not just developing renunciation, not watching television, 
uh, you know, the amount of sense contact is quite refined and it's it's sort of mild compared with the dosage that you get outside. So this is already the situation here really pulls it back by itself. So you don't have to do a lot more sense restraint than that because it's already laid on for you just as long as you follow it. But what we do, what is your own responsibility, which no one else can do for you, situation can't do for you, is to enrich this inner quality. Basically, I don't know a better way of doing that myself than mindfulness of breathing. Because it spreads through everything. It fills in. It's the fundamental system that affects run through the whole body. And when you breathe in and out, you may consider this is only a matter of the lungs, but then, in fact, if it was only the lungs, the rest of the body would die, wouldn't it? Because those, that, that oxygen from the breathing is traveling through the entire system. The lungs are just the tr- place where it gets transferred into the blood and nervous system and so forth. Even more important than that is the, is the, ner- the effect on the nervous system of just calm, steady, comfortable breathing in, fully breathing in and fully breathing out. Because the pattern of breathing is very much connected to the mind states. Now this is a hinge point because, of course, when the jitter is constricted, it's very likely the body is constricted too. And it's, we feel quite normal in that because it's probably constricted most of the time unless you're in a bathtub or having a massage or something like that. It's generally constricted most of the time um, because of pressure, because of inattention essentially. It tends to stiffen up. But we don't notice it because it feels kind of normal. Until you sit and meditate and you realize, wow, this body feels kind of heavy and tight. So sometimes you just have to sort of physically loosen up a little bit, do some exercise, loosen up, get the constriction out of the body or what you can do with that. And through physical exercises, yoga, qigong and so forth, or just stretching a little bit, softening a little bit. But then internally, breathing, and I've been trying to indicate the ability to send this energy through the body. Now, this, of course, is not going to be perfect at first time because we have to work through this constriction. So it's often not as clear or as full as I'm explaining it. But essentially, the theme is you focus on the quality of breathing in, breathing out, what what you feel with that. You are breathing in. How do you know you're breathing in and out? You're doing it. You are breathing in and out. What tells you you're breathing in and out? You get a sense of swelling and subsiding. Now that is a good place to begin. Those are both felt experiences. That's very much in the territory of citta. And you might notice with the subsiding also has a sense of loosening or calming or softening. And then you breathe in, it has an effect of brightening, sharpening. Now, if you take it into that feeling domain, the benefit of it is that as, the, as we attune to feeling, now feeling spreads, and the, even the, the bodily feeling, the internal bodily feeling spreads, and the mental feeling spreads. 
Now you notice, so for example, you can't have a, a pleasant spot in your mind with the rest of your mind unpleasant. You only feel pleasant or unpleasant. You may oscillate between those two. When you're, if you have a splinter in your toe, your whole body feels on edge. The sensation, the effect of it carries. So feeling is not as local as it may seem. It has an effect on our nervous energy. Similarly, if we have discomfort and we deliberately relax everything, the quality of the felt discomfort subsides. Even more the case with mental feeling. So you're deliberately counteracting the, the immediate impact with a sustained, steady quality of suffusing. And that may be, first of all, you just feel the breathing perhaps in your chest, then you try to get a sense of this is where it feels strong and what's around that area. Well, yeah, there's subtle feeling around that. And then what about down into to the abdomen? Yeah, I can feel subtle effects of that. So as you track the widening effect of it, you begin to find other places in your body that can receive that. And gradually it's like you're building up, or the chitra is building up an inner map of your body. But this body has no, it has a location, the only location it has is, it's here. It's obviously not in a city or a town, it's just here. And you can carry it with it wherever you go, it's exactly the same place. Now the abiding characteristics of jhana, there are two ways of looking at it. First of all, perhaps most important, it's the occurs when the five hindrances are not present. There's a sustained collapse of the five hindrances. They melt, they dissolve. And so the five hindrances, essentially qualities of ill will, such as irritability, grumpiness, depression, malevolence, jealousy, spiky, edgy, soured, towards myself, towards others, in the past, in the future, if your chitta is expansive and soft, it can't do this spiky stuff. So you get not just to the topic of the hindrance, but to the feel of it. The topics, we can always justify why we feel annoyed about somebody, why we feel critical of ourselves. There's always a reason for it. We're not completely stupid. But you don't go to the reason for it, you go to the jitta effect. Whatever the reason, this effect is a hindrance. It's an ob- obstacle to my liberation of jitta. The jitta is not expanded, not abundant, but contracted, sour, edgy, stuck. Is it really worthwhile holding on to this topic of ill will? So you're just breathing in, breathing out, releasing it. Sense desire. Things I would like to have, things I remember having, pleasant touches, sights, sounds, tastes, fragrances, uh, things that delight. There again, they are de- they are delightable. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. Um, they're presented as delightable. They have a certain firework delight to them. Your jitter, when you feel what happens, to your jitter with that, the jitter stretches, reaches out. Is like a hungry dog reaching out like a dog on a lead. Give me a bone. (laughs) How does that feel? Oh no. You know, how does it feel when your mind's like a hungry dog? 
Is it really worthwhile to get one little spark of sense pleasure? I've got to go through this. Is it worthwhile? Yeah, okay, I'll get that little bone and I'll get maybe a few seconds of feeling good and then I want another one. Is it really worthwhile? Doing all this kind of putting energy into desire. Now we have an alternative. What about if the energy comes back into warm-heartedness, kindness, breathing in, breathing out? It can come back. But it can only come back as an energy. This is why... You know, when you try to just keep pulling your attention away from a hindrance, stop thinking about that, get back to the breath. Stop thinking about that, get back to the breath. That doesn't matter, forgive him, get back to the breath. Your mind doesn't do it. It goes back and then back again. <laughs> because the chitter is still constricted. All you've done is shift manas, the attention, but you haven't actually done anything to the chitta. So, chitra is still held in this contracted state, and in its contracted state, it goes back to why it's contracted. It's contracted by your will. It's contracted by craving. Until we resolve that, it will remain that way, and it'll always take you back to the place and the topic that's doing it. This is why these hindrances are so wonderful. <laughs> because they say, look, This is the thing you have to deal with. Not whether you're focusing on your nose or your belly. You have to deal with sense desire. And you go, get back to the belly, get back to the nose. (laughs) We're dealing with the wrong thing. It's not a manas area, it's not a focus, object, topic. It's It's the felt experience topic. And you just keep pulling it back. And eventually you can wear it down. It takes a lot of work. Now, what I'm suggesting is you get to those places where your mind goes back to that same habit that you don't want and you don't like and you feel disappointed by. At that very place, there you are, whatever you're doing, gorging yourself on hamburgers or something. (laughs) Feel the sense of that. Wake up to the sense of that gratification, that ill will. Feel what the jitta feels like. Not the object, but your jitta. Feel the sense of the kind of hungry, you know, quality of greed. The sense of the consuming, the passion of it. Feel this kind of fiery quality of ill will. And you're getting right to what's happening with jitta. And can I come out of that? Can I breathe the coolness, the ease of breathing in and breathing out? And it's like you put the two together. Look, here's breathing in, breathing out. Here's your vision of a hamburger. What do you want? Breathing in and out is here. You don't have to buy it. It's not delayed in time. You don't have to rush out to the store and get it. It lasts all the time. It's like eternal hamburger. <laughs> I think I'll have this one. <laughs> With no mustard. You, know? you go, go into that just... So nice, just to feel the sense of acknowledging passion and softening, letting go and dwelling in, breathing in, breathing out. Ill will and uh, craving, sense, desire. Okay, five hindrances, what are they? Um, Dullness, sleepiness, 
Sleepiness is, is not just the fact of a lack of energy, it's a lack of um, the, the body is constricted, the energy is constricted. And when you feel sleepy, the tendency is that everything folds up, your skin folds up, your eyes disappear. You feel like a kind of, um, like you've kind of huddled state. It feels sort of vaguely pleasant because nothing is, you don't feel very much at all apart from a slightly swoony swimming sensation. Feels stale, like being in a smoky room. And generally, when you get to that state, you're probably thinking, "I need to calm down. I need to. I need to concentrate. I'm not very concentrated, so you constrict a bit more. You know, it closes down. So, so if you're, in, you know, if you have too much of that idea of concentrating again, it very easily goes into this because it's the constricting of energy. And with dullness, you need to actually expand energy. Stop calming down, <laughs> brighten up, you know, wake up, open your eyes, send the breath out all around you, send your energy. If you can't feel the breathing, feel your body, feel your skin, feel the edges of your body, feel the movement, the bones moving as you breathe in and out, the chest moving, feel how long you are, how tall you are, poke the sky with your head, reach up. So you're expanding with that to come out of that constricted state. Until you can get a steady breath pattern. Now, again, with this um, sense of focusing and breathing in and out, I would also just, perhaps I didn't mention it, but recommend that, you know, because the important thing is to get the body there first of all, you know, opening your inner body first of all, don't even focus on breathing until it comes to you. So it shouldn't, you shouldn't do this trying to find an object. What should I focus on? Well, no, that's the wrong, you've already got it wrong, really. Sit, stand, notice how do I know I'm sitting? What gives me the impression of sitting rather than lying down? With your eyes closed, you know you're sitting rather than lying down. How? How do, how's that happen? Certain pressures, certain sensations, um, certain energy. Sitting is different energy than lying down. Lying down, it goes quiet and soft. And you have different sensations, then you get the sensations in your back. So I'm sitting. I'm not walking. There's no sensation associated with walking. There's no sensations or subtle senses involved with balancing, such as when I'm standing. There's a kind of balancing sense with that. I can sense sensations, hands, chest, shoulders, and just working so you get a very complete feeling for a body. And again, these elements help, makes it simple. And through doing that, you'll begin to discern the breathing will come through. You'll get this rhythmic. In all this field of sensations, there's one particular repeated one. It doesn't matter where it is, it's your nose, back of your throat, chest, belly, wherever it is. There it is again, there it is again, there it is again. And that's when you start to track it in accordance with your capacity, your sensitivity. Now, there's a difference between sensitivity and focus. Sensitivity is receptive, it's the palm. And what you get your palm on, you wrap your fingers round. What you sense, then you form the focus. What you sense, you wrap your mind around. Wrapping your mind around something you don't sense... (laughs) How you can do that? Now we've been born into these bodies, so our chitta 
as a human being, is naturally programmed to experience a body. That's what we got when we got born. That got switched on. You will experience a body. It does it naturally. But when it's very constricted, it starts to lose it. And this constriction is quite normal. How much time do we spend looking at screens, looking through the traffic, you know, looking at words? Where's your body? How many times do you spend rushing from this place to that place, jumping in a car, switching something on? Where's your body? How many times is your chitta constricted by pressure? I've got to get there. I've got to hurry up. Where's your body? Constricted by fear. Oh God, if I don't get there on time, I'm going to be, I'm going to be late. Constricted by fear. Where's your body? Isn't this quite normal? And we don't bother to acknowledge the body because you sit in a car. The car's going to do it for you. Get you there. And when you get behind your desk, you don't need a body, just a couple of eyes, maybe your fingers to twiddle your computer, whatever it is, to answer a phone. You don't need legs. You do it in a wheelchair, you do it without legs. So it switches off because all your attention comes up here. And this is conditioning. This is the conditioning of modern urban life. And, you know, you have to really acknowledge that and see, you know, before you're really going to get into your chitta, you've got to get your body back. And if you do get your body back and open up, you're bound to experience this quite natural sense of breathing in, breathing out, vitality. Now, I guess in the time of the Buddha, they didn't have cars and offices and computers and people rushing off to work. I can't imagine that in 5th century BC. So, you know, in those days, it's probably fairly easy to, to do this. So the Buddha presents it. When these, you know, forest masters, they didn't live in Bangkok, you know, commuting every day to work. <laughs> so yeah, when you're with nature, you're in your body. But many of us have to spend quite a bit of time getting in there and opening it up. And if you do, and you can, and there is a way of doing it, and I've tried to touch into some of that, you will feel this sense of an inner buoyancy, body, vitality. Breathing in and breathing out acts like the, the regular combing, grooming, polishing, suffusing of that. So it spreads through the, every part of your body. This is jhana absorption. And its effects on the chitta are the chitta discards ill will. This is, is, is a tight bandage. It cuts it off. It discards sense desire. This is something pulling it out. It doesn't want to pull out. It discards dullness. It discards restlessness. It's kind of fidgety. And it discards doubt. Doubt is the wavering. This or that, or could I do, what should I, if I, maybe, will I? Is this right? I don't know. Because you're not trying to get an answer in words. Doubt occurs when you try to find conviction through words. There is no conviction in thought. Thought gives you this moment of thinking you get it clear, but because thought does not in itself necessarily carry you into the depth of chitta. Now, so it just takes you to the next empty space that you need to fill in with another thought. Doubt, when you contemplate doubt and you're trying to get an answer to solve your doubt and then another doubt comes up, the hindrance is telling you, look, 
I am unending. I do not end this way. This is why I go on and on and on. They all tell you that. I don't end through this constricted state. I don't end through thinking about it. I end through finding the place where that calms down and is replaced by clarity, by confidence, by calm. And those are felt experiences. They're not ideas. No idea is going to do it for you. It's the felt experience. This is the liberation of citta. And our panya, our wisdom faculty, staying with that, that process, scanning it, understanding it, getting the meaning of it. Ah, this means that. This is the way. That's not it. Through that wisdom faculty comes with the citta. It's not separate from it. You're learning about ill will. You're learning how, the, how convincing ill will is. How many statistics you can add up to, to justify ill will and prove you have every right to feel annoyed. And it's all, but it doesn't get to the end of it. And without changing any of those statistics at all, you can come out of ill will just by shifting your chitta and all the others. By shifting your chitta, not by changing the world. I'm not saying the world couldn't do with changing. But yes, it's good to look at how we can bring peace and kindness and honesty and truth into the world. But where do those qualities come from? They come from your chitta. If you can't bring peace into your own chitta, how are you going to bring it to anybody else? Tell them, you shouldn't be like this. If you stop fighting, we'll bomb you till you stop fighting. Oh, great, you know. <laughs> we'll bomb you back. <laughs> It goes on, doesn't it? How to stop war is to have a war. <laughs> um, wait a minute. <laughs> how do you, because you don't know where peace is. <laughs> but how do you stop your own war? You know how to do that. <laughs> Shifting the citta. Then you begin to have the resources, the wisdom, the compassion, and the direct experience of this stops, and when it stops, I stop suffering. Ah, I'm free. So, wisdom. Wisdom begins to recognize that, and you begins to recognize what triggered that ill will. Is that so-and-so? No, it isn't. It's your memory of him. He's gone. You know, he left five years ago. <laughs> she said that yesterday. There's nobody here apart from your memory. The worry you have about tomorrow, there isn't a tomorrow, is there? Is there? That's an end, that's of imagination. So you start to collapse the world of space and time. It's just this. In terms of chitta, there isn't anybody else. There's no yesterday, there's no tomorrow, there's nobody else. There's not even myself. It's just this suffering, non-suffering, release, constriction, is this. That's what we have to understand. You get to that, you're getting to a very pure, direct approach to Dhamma, and more important than that, even to your own 
well-being and uh, benefit. So just some pointers there. If you, you know, we said a lot really, but in terms of the hindrances, remember whatever is disturbance, don't focus on the topic, focus on what it's doing to you. This is firing me up. This is weighing me down. This is tightening me up. This is pulling me out. The me is the chitta. That sense of being weighed down upon, being fired up, being constricted, that, that's chitta. There it is. You know? It's not self, it's chitta. Now, can that me that's being fired up, can that receive goodwill? Can that receive compassion? Can that receive breathing? Doesn't matter how stupid it seems, that me, can it receive compassion? Can it receive goodwill? Can it receive breathing? Let go of the topic, go to the chitta, breathe into it with kindness and compassion. That's how you free it from the hindrance and our groundwork is accessing you know because sometimes the hindrances hide behind a whole smoke screen of stories and narratives and justifications so we have to be honest to ourselves what does all this mean and uh, then we have to access the body and access the true chitta and the breathing. So this is our groundwork to free ourselves of the hindrances. Then you have a suitable place that your mind will settle into. This is what we call samadhi. We absorb, it's called jhana. It's a benevolent state. It's a state that is not divorced from wisdom. It's not just kind of dumb. It is the ground for wisdom to arise.